You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome to your Thursday edition of Crunch Time. Here on the game, it's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and World Champion Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here on this National Trivia Day. Makes me sound like a nerd, but trivia is fun, everybody. It's fun, it's a good time. Producer and co host is Mr. James Mesh. James, hello. Happy Thursday. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Matt. How are, are you? Are you? Oh, yes. I I, I don't know that I believe it. Uh, sounded a little forced, but I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, we have a lot to get to today. I hope you do know that uh, it says National Trivia Day was yesterday. No. Wrong. Wrong. I did not misread the date. I just saw a tweet that said today was National Trivia. It was yesterday. God dang it. Okay. Well, you know what? We're still going to play trivia at the end of the first hour. I don't care. That's fine. I I, I found a couple that will probably stump you. Um, I can't wait. I'm not going to do it to where it's impossible, but where it's like, guess the country that did won this medal in whatever year of the Olympics. But I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Oh, I'll be surprised if you get one of these. Oh, my God. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. The top, the top story today has been Chris Beard has been fired as the head coach of the Texas Longhorns men's basketball team after a felony domestic abuse case came to light he was arrested and later released suspended without pay and now the university has decided to terminate his contract with probable cause Uh, so they owe him zero dollars going forward now you've seen a lot of people come to light and say well you know what took so long should have been an obvious choice to fire him well to, to some people absolutely However, Texas was doing their due diligence with a legal team to make sure that Chris Beard could not come back and sue them for wrongful termination. They were making sure they had all their ducks in a row before they made the decision, which is is common. So Texas will be looking for a new head basketball coach at the end of this season. The interim Ronald Terry will continue to run the program until the end of the season. Some great news coming out today about Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin. He is showing substantial improvement inside of the UC Medical Center ICU. He is now awake and moving his hands and feet, even writing messages to the doctors. He still can't speak because of the breathing tube, but he is able to communicate by writing messages. Uh, the first message that he wrote was, did we win? Young man who went into cardiac arrest, had to be resuscitated on the field, and spent the last 48 hours sedated in an ICU. 
the first question that could come to his mind was, did we win? What a dude. The doctors responded with, you won. You won the game of life. Obviously, you know, the, the game is is not going to be replayed. The NFL announced that today that the game will not be continued. Uh, they will now have to figure out how that will impl- how that will go into playoff considerations uh, for for both of these teams. But according to the doctors, him asking about the game is a great sign because according to the doctors, they said not only are the lights on in his head, but he's home. So obviously a a huge progression there for for Demar Hamlin to be awake and responsive. Uh, They still have no definitive answer to what caused Hamlin to go into cardiac arrest. They still have plenty of tests to run before they can determine that. But now the next goal is getting him breathing on his own, and then he will return home with his family before looking at, at next steps for his career. But James, talking about the game not getting played, one of the things that the NFL could be looking at is having a one-time exception where there would be eight teams aside in the playoffs. I'm not sure how you do that, but how does that relate to us? Well, let me tell you. If they do go to eight teams in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints would be uneliminated from playoff contention. Uh, there's still a chance, potentially. <laughs> the, I, I, I have no words. I Like, how... How can the Saints go from being eliminated... To uneliminated. And preparing for the offseason already, before they even play the final game? You got you got to back in their mind. They're booking vacations. They're you know they're 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 planning for the off season, and now it might be like, wait, hold up. If if some things go our way, we might be in the playoffs. Wild, wild. But then here's the thing: you and I were talking about it. Say you do eight teams, and you only one team has a bye right now. So you would think, oh, they add one more team, well, one more team gets a bye. Well, well, not necessarily. If you do, it, let's say they do the two-team bye like they did when they had six teams. Okay. So you'll have three matchups on each side. So you'll have three winners on each side, plus the two byes. So you'll so have five. five. So then you have someone have a second bye week? You have, <laughs> you'll play, you have four rounds? Correct. Oh, or... Or you just go the opposite way and be like, hey, first seed, you don't get a bye. Everybody plays. Everybody plays. And and that might, if they do go to eight, I mean, that unfortunately might just be the way they have to do it. Everybody plays. You have four wild card games and everybody plays. But it's so interesting how they're going through all of this for two teams that already have already in clinched the playoffs. the playoffs. And they're probably going to stay right where they're at at 2-3. and three. More likely than not. The only change that would have happened, like percentage-wise... Was if they flipped. Was if the Bills beat the Bengals and then won Week 18, and then the Chiefs lost Week 18. Correct, which 
I which mean, they play the which the Chiefs play the Raiders could have happened, but or, well, well the Bills the Bills had won earlier in the year, so if the Bills would have beat the Bengals and then and then beat the Patriots, they would have been the one seed. Then they'd be which, the one seed, which, which is could fair. have happened. But again, that that's a lot of moving parts that would have had to happen for that to happen. It's a lot of what ifs, right? So it it's it's fair to say that the teams stay where they are. Chiefs win; they're the one seed. I mean, that's the best way you can handle it. Um, but no, if it does go to eight teams, which seems unlikely to me, but it's been discussed. If they do go to eight teams, I, I think the best course of action is for one year, nobody gets a bye. And you have four wild card games aside, and you just go from there. However, you would add an extra round, so there would there'd be another weekend of football. Which I'm sure they would. I'm sure how, the networks wouldn't be upset about. How would you add an extra round? Oh or, yeah, you would. Mm-hmm. You would. No. No. Because you have eight. You have four winners, the two divisional winners, and then the NFC Championship game. You wouldn't add. You wouldn't add an extra round. I'm talking about if they were, if they did the two team buy. Oh yeah, if you did the two team buy, yeah, you would be adding an extra round. But if you just go the no-buy route, the, the schedule would stay normal. But, again, we're, we're speculating about something that, that could very well not even happen. Um, but the, the, the main point of, of this conversation is that DeMar Hamlin has begun to, to show substantial improvement, and doctors are already discussing discharging him in the next couple of days, which is huge for the Buffalo Bills, who returned to practice today in preparation of their game Sunday against the Patriots. Let's go to the game hotline now. Matt, what's up? Hey, guys. Before I say anything, I just want to say that is awesome news about DeMar. Um, you know, looks like, you know, hopefully down the road he'll be fine. Don't know about football. doesn't matter. Awesome to hear that he's doing better. And, when, like you said, I mean, that's, that's a player. So uh, hopefully his team can go forward and the rest of the league can go forward. But when it comes down to the playoffs, the simplest thing to do for the league would have been to declare a tie. That way you're not worried about anything else. You declare a tie, then you don't have to rearrange anything. You don't have to adjust anything. You just move forward as if they play to a tie. Would have been an easy fix, but I guess they decided to go the uh, difficult route. Yeah, I mean that that's what the NFL does, right? They they try to make things oh, yeah. as, as difficult as possible. Absolutely. Have a great afternoon. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean that would have made that probably would have made the most sense or or like we had discussed yesterday just wash the game out and the Bills and Bengals have 16 games on their record. But, you know, if the if the league wants to go this way where they just put an asterisk and it is what it is. Maybe you you expand the playoff. I, I I guess I'm not gonna complain about more football if that's the case. I mean, God, having two more wild card games? Are you kidding me? I, I would not complain about that. It it just it's the logistics of it. How are you going to work it all out? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to do two two teams per side on a bye week when you have eight you. You would just Correct. have them. You would just have them all play. Yeah, nobody, nobody would get a buy. Um, which again is unfortunate for the team that would be the one seed. But 
in, in these circumstances, it kind of just it is what it is. Um, but you do bring up a good point that you bring. It, it is interesting that the league is going through all these hoops for two teams that not only were making the playoffs anyway, but were going to be ranked very highly in the AFC. So interesting. But, you know, I digress. Poll question of the day. Do tomatoes belong in gumbo? And I'm gonna I'm gonna stir the pot with this one. Because I, I know some people get fired up uh, about this topic. <laughs> love me some maters. I do. I love tomatoes. However, <laughs> keep them about a million feet away from my gumbo pot. No shot. Wrong. Wrong answer. James, you look like a guy that eats tomatoes in his gumbo. I don't. I think you do. Do you eat okra in your gumbo? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I think I, I think I one time there, I did end up finding a tomato in my gumbo, and I was just like, whatever. Uh, but no, that's not something that I would put in my gumbo. I remember we went stay with some friends in North Carolina that were originally from Louisiana. They're now they're from the New Orleans area, but we made th- some we made some gumbo. They're from Louisiana, and we went up there for the birth of their child, and. One night for dinner, I think I think it was the night before the kid was born, before they were admitted into the hospital. Oh, poor kid. The 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 dad said, "Hey, I, yeah, I made you had I, some gumbo. I, I made us some gumbo. <laughs> had some gumbo before he was birthed." And I was like, "All right, cool. Like, I'm, I'm down with gumbo." I opened that pot, but there's to nope. I didn't eat it. Was it like half half of it was gumbo? Oh oh no, or half of it was uh, tomatoes. That, that, that was tomato stew with chicken and sausage in it. <laughs> I mean, it just—it just was, and I was no way, no shot. I'm not you, eating that. Are you sure that's gumbo? I'm not eating that. That looks like just tomato soup. With I immediately, some chicken I and immediately sausage. closed the pot, got in my car, went to Jimmy John's. I wasn't eating that. I appreciate you cooking for me. I'm not eating that. Um, so far on Twitter, we have 16 votes on the poll question, and every single one of them says no. Tomatoes do not belong in gumbo. Ralph says, about as much as cheese belongs on red beans and rice. He said, I don't make a roux for tomato soup, and tomatoes are not allowed near the gumbo pot. John Paul says, that is just a ridiculous question. Next, you're going to ask if gravy goes on ice cream or even chocolate syrup on a shrimp po'boy. And then Darren uses a family feud gif that says, survey says, and then it pops up the big X. So... Absolutely no. Let's go to the hotline now. Martin, what's up? Oh, not too much, buddy. First of all, I just want to say amazing, amazing news about DeMar Hamlin. You know, the man has a guardian angel, and this is just proof more miracles do happen in life, you know. Uh, but hopefully he's on a on the road to recovery, you know, and uh, hopefully if the, the Bills make, make the Super Bowl, he can join them on the sideline, not as a player, but hopefully as a as a uh, honorary captain, uh, and also the only red—I mean, the only red thing that could possibly go in a gumbo is a uh, little cayenne pepper. But I'll, preferably me, I like a little chow chow. And another thing, potato salad does not go on the side of the gumbo; it goes inside the gumbo. Absolutely. But uh, that's all I have, buddy. And uh, 
It's Mardi Gras season, buddy, so get you some king cake. Have oh, a good one, buddy. I've already got one ordered for tomorrow, bud. Appreciate you. A couple comments on Facebook. Thomas says, hell no. Jerry says, no way, Jose. Cody says, absolutely not. Brian says, certainly not. Damien says, no. The only correct answer here is no. Robert says, if someone does, they need to move up north. Eric says, gumbo with tomatoes is made by Yankees. Rick says, come on, no need to ask that question. Absolutely not. Mike says, nah, fam, don't put that in my gumbo. Phil says, hell no. And then Joshua says, tomatoes and okra are ingredients in Creole cooking. So if it is a Creole gumbo, then yes, it belongs. If it is Cajun, then it doesn't belong. If you want tomatoes, go to New Orleans, not north. Well, look, uh, I'm going to say something that might, might ruffle some feathers. Creole gumbo, oxymoron. That doesn't exist. It's not a thing. That's, that's just not a thing. That that's stew. It's stew. It's which don't get me wrong. I love stew. Stew is good. It's not a gumbo. It's just not. That's just wrong. That that's no. Nope. Nope. Can't do it. Please, please don't. No. Absolutely not. Four nineteen on your Thursday today's show. Three guests, Jack Collado, will join us at 4.30 to talk New Orleans Pelicans. Scott Watkins will join us at the top of hour number two to talk all things Southern Miss as both men's and women's for the Cajuns will take on the Golden Eagles tonight. And then at 5.30, Jim Gazzolo joins us. They're naming the court inside the Legacy Center after some guard that played in the NBA for a long time. Joe Dumars, maybe? We'll talk about that and preview the matchups with the Cowboys and the Demons right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 423 on your Thursday. Welcome back to Crunch Time. There's been some speculation about Jim Harbaugh maybe returning to the NFL. He has apparently silenced that. Jim Harbaugh today has reiterated his intentions to stay at Michigan. Uh, He released a statement, As I stated in December, which while no one knows what the future holds, I expect that I will be enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023. I have spoken with President Santa Ono and Athletic Director Ward Manuel and appreciate their support of me and our program. He closed the release by quoting his former coach in Bo Schembechler by saying, those who stay will be champions. Interesting. I really thought Harbaugh would take this opportunity to maybe get a second chance at the NFL. Because... If we're if we're fair, his NFL tenure with the Niners wasn't that bad. Pretty good. Wasn't bad. It's not that he it's not like he failed at coaching in the NFL. No, it's not like he was Matt Rule or Nick Saban. Nick Saban. 
He he went to a Super Bowl. Correct. And his winning his his record overall as a head coach was very good. Mm-hmm. He coached very good teams. The Broncos were looking at him. The um, he doesn't want to deal with us. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know many people that do, but. That, hey, Jerry Judy. Hey. That was rude. I'm sorry. Hey, Jerry Judy is all about Russ. I'm sorry. That was rude. Uh, his head coaching record in the NFL was 44 19 and 1. So he won about 70% of his games. I, I'm, not, I'm no mathematologist like SpongeBob likes to say, but that's pretty good. 770. James has no words. I've stumped you. That's my goal in life, James. Every day, I want to fascinate you so much that I render you speechless. Oh, he's, he's got a drop for me. Here we go. Never. Dial tone. Love that. 337-706-0111 is the number to call on the game hotline. The... We were talking about the the Buffalo Bills and how they returned to practice today. We will look at this week's matchups later on in the show. But again, you know, looking at some more headlines, the national championship for college football is approaching as TCU and Georgia will battle in L.A. James, I read something yesterday in preparation for the national championship game. Parking passes for SoFi Stadium, are available in limited quantities. You want to know what the cheapest one was? $75. Oh, that's a lot less than I was going to predict. (laughs) $75 to park my car. Excuse me. And then, and then... I pay $75 to park my car, correct? Say I drive a truck. Say I want to have an adult beverage or maybe bust out a little old smoky grill right there in the parking lot. Nope, nope, no tailgating is allowed. You cannot tailgate in the parking lot of SoFi Stadium before the national championship game. No fun. We we said that the NFL stands for the no fun league. Maybe, Maybe it's the NCAA. I don't know. I was going to say, maybe it's the NCAA that's the grouch. Oh, man, like, let me let me roast, uh, let, me, let me burn a hot dog, drink a brewski, and go watch some football. Like, what, what's wrong I with that? I want to play some cornhole. What's wrong with that? I built the boards myself. They're sturdy. They're not going anywhere. Like, I made the bean bags myself. The- the cornhole, the I, corn bags I, I, myself. I sewed, I sewed the beet bags myself. I put actual corn in them. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to move on from that topic at that point. Okay. Um, He said I put actual corn in them. Uh, talking about college football, how about Sam Hartman transferring to Notre Dame from Wake Forest? You know... Everybody was upset with Brian Kelly when he left Notre Dame. And then when Marcus Freeman took over and lost to Marshall early in the year, everybody was like, oh, Notre Dame's going to suck. Yet they finished 8-4 and four and now have the top quarterback transfer in college football. 
again, not a scientist, but it looks like Marcus Freeman is doing a thing or two right in uh, in South Bend, Indiana, uh, and also TCU getting even more players from the University of Alabama as running back Trey Sanders is the next to migrate from Tuscaloosa to Dallas. He will bolster that Horned Frogs rushing attack in 2023 with Kendra Miller likely going to the NFL in 2023. Looking ahead in today's show, the New Orleans Pelicans getting a win last night over the Houston Rockets, 119-108. to The Pelicans scoring 45 points in the first quarter. They were led by C.J. McCollum with 28. Um, They won this game without both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Jonas Valanciunas with 17 rebounds, and McCollum led the way in assist with six, and he had zero turnovers. So a good night for the Pels, now 24-14. and It was crazy because they went on a wild stretch. The final 61 seconds, or they scored 13. The Pelicans? Yeah. Wow. In the first quarter, the final 61 seconds, they went from 32 to 45. Wow. That's wild. Uh-huh. And that, that's how they got to the 23-point advantage at the well, end of the first. Well, you see, when I first turned the game on, it was 66-39, I think is what it was. And I was like, okay, this is, this is over. I mean, you're you're up that big in the second quarter. Most teams can can hold on at that point. So that was a a good win for the Pels, seventeen and four now inside the blender of the Smoothie King Center. We'll take a time out here. Jack Collada of WGNO in New Orleans joins us next. We'll recap that game and look ahead to tomorrow night's matchup with Brooklyn right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back, 436. Matt Miguez, James Mesh here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and world champion Houston Astros. The New Orleans Pelicans getting a 119-108 to win last night over the struggling Houston Rockets who now sit at 10-28 and as you approach the halfway point of the season. The Pelicans sitting at 24-14 and and now 17-4. and inside the Smoothie King Center. Jack Collada of WGNO in New Orleans joins us here on the Game Hotline. Jack, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? Doing well, guys. Happy New Year. And uh, just going to give a shout-out to DeMar Hamlin. And uh, I know we're talking NBA and Pelicans, but excited to hear positive news and that he's, uh, you know, that the lights are on and, and he was able to write on the clipboard, did we win the game? I thought that was a really powerful uh news announcement today so yeah huge huge storyline for uh for, for the bills for the nfl and really just for everybody that uh that has followed the story because i mean that that had to be one of the scariest sports moments i've ever seen sure 
No, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, all things moving forward for uh, the NFL, the Bills, the, the Saints, unfortunately, not going to make the playoffs, but hopefully can finish the season 4-0. But uh, it was great to be in the Smoothie King Center last night, as you mentioned, for a big Pels win. You know, before we get to the Pels, one one thing that the NFL is discussing is expanding the playoff to eight teams because of them not being able to finish the Bills and Bengals game. And if that's the case, the Saints would be alive for that eighth playoff spot in the NFC. Yeah, if if uh, if anything like that happens, I'm sure that I would have to uh, hang up the phone immediately, uh, no matter what I'm doing or what day that happens, and I rush to the Saints facility. But I was there yesterday, and you know the whole um, the whole focus yesterday was you know obviously the Saints showing support for Demar Hamlin for the Bills organization. Um, for the first responders and providing the right psychological um, care for NFL players around the league and for the Saints, you know, having a clinician there available for players who need to talk to somebody because I think that's always important, uh, mental health and being able to talk to somebody regardless of the toughness uh, that is synonymous with NFL players. So um, Lucas Cruel played uh, a year with DeMar Hamlin at Pitt and had a lot of good things to say. So we have all that on our, on our website at WGNO.com. And, um, and Cruel, you know, said that he's a fighter. And obviously, um, you know, that's the case. So, but yeah, I mean, that, that's interesting what you say about, you know, <laughs> a possibility. I think that's just a tease for, for Saints fans who have kind of, you know, accepted the fact that it's not our year, but, Hey, if something like that happens, Matt, I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure to give you a shout out as one of the first people to, to tell me that that's a possibility. Uh, yeah, no, no, quite, and that would be the the most Saints way to get into the playoffs, right? <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt. Looking at the Pelicans winning one nineteen to one hundred eight last night, Pelicans jumped out to a twenty three point lead at the end of the first quarter. Uh, you know, just kind of talk about this game and and how important it was. I, I know the Rockets are struggling, but to get a win without both Bi and Zion on the floor. Yeah, man. I um, I actually was off today, so I, I've kind of been catching up on just some some NBA research, and uh, you know, so it was cool that you reached out. Thanks again for having me on. Um, but just looking at some kind of crazy, you know, scenarios and, and stats and, and, and looking back at some highlights of the game last night, being able to shoot the game is, is really cool just because, you, you know, you get to go back and look at the little things, the off-ball screens and, um, and the rebounding effort and, and the, the points in the pain and, the, you know, the fouls that were called and things like that. And, look, the energy in the Smoothie King Center is, is second to none. And what's surprising is I'm actually looking at the standings right now only the Warriors um, have a better home record uh, technically at 17 and three, with the Pelicans being 17 and four. So New Orleans is a basketball city, uh, especially with the Saints season winding down, and uh, the atmosphere in the Smoothie King Center on a Wednesday night is is electric. And um, yeah, to get off to that early start was was fantastic. And you know, one thing I wanted to share with you, which is kind of a a cool fact and, and kind of is my personal opinion or um, call to action for the Pelicans is 
you know that that backup point guard role and that that sixth man is is going to be crucial down the line uh, this season and and in the playoffs. You look at you look at Jordan Poole last year in the NBA Finals. He had 14 in Game Four, 14 in Game Five, 15 in Game Six. The Warriors won all those games by 10 plus. He had played for played 23 minutes in game two had 17 points the Warriors won by 19 and then the two games that he had nine and ten points the Warriors lost by 10 plus and so Jose Alvarado is my guy I'm a big fan of his the energy that he brings when he checks in the crowd goes wild and just look at his numbers last night you know 21 minutes 13 points five assists and then Billy Hernan Gomez 16 minutes in 16 minutes the guy had 14 points and seven rebounds so those those sixth and seventh men whoever they may be are going to be crucial after the all-star break and you know going into the playoffs but uh, my big thing Matt and I don't know if you you have time to you know go into this but is you know the Pelicans have only played 25 percent of their season fully healthy only nine games out of the 38 they've played and so that probably, if I had to find a devil's advocate worry for this team, it's the lack of experience playing uh, at, with a full roster. Yeah, and full that's, starting five. At you least, know that you know. that that's huge because if you go down the stretch, I mean, you're going to need everybody healthy if you're going to make this playoff run that that fans have kind of come to expect with all the hype and noise around the Pelicans. So I guess my my question, Jack, is. How do you focus on the health of your superstars while still being competitive? Yeah, and look, I mean, Willie Green talked about that last night after the game. And, you know, the next man up mentality, I mean, you can use that phrase all season long, but if you only have nine or 10 or 11 or 12 games in the regular season with B.I. and Zion together, C.J. and Herb together, and J.V., you know, who who also said after the game, you know, I'm the guy who has to adjust. I'm the guy who has to change the way I play, depending on who is available and who is healthy. And so, look, Zion's going to be out three weeks, and I hate that for him. I hate that for the, the team. Um, but they've proven that they can win games without Zion, without B.I., without Herb, without C.J. I mean, J.V.'s pretty much played every game. Uh, you know, so... I think the the big thing is making those adjustments, but uh, but also making sure that you have a ten game stretch this season. Maybe it's after the All Star break when Zion's back and and Bi seems to be ramping up. You know, at at the practices that we go to see him shoot around and just absolutely just net it. I mean, just make every shot he takes. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be getting those starting five back and healthy for at least, you know, like I said, a 10-game stretch would be crucial for this team because you expect them to just step on the court, you know, come playoff time and, and be in sync. I, I just don't see that happening. So that that would be the biggest concern. But in the meantime, Willie Green says, you know, next man up, you're going to have to have Hernan Gomez, Alvarado, and, um, and Trey Murphy step up off the bench and JV make the adjustments that he needs to given – you know Zion and Bi's absence. You know one one question that that I've had to ask a, a couple of people so far this season is I know Dyson Daniels is still in his rookie season, and 
you know, he was drafted as more of a, a long-term development, and he's battled some injuries so far in this year. But mm-hmm. would, it, would it be safe to say that he maybe hasn't progressed like the Pelicans may have hoped? I would disagree with that, uh, definitely. I mean, I think he's whew, I think he's really impressive. I mean, if you go back and watch just some of the things that he does away from the ball and on defense, I mean, he's almost like a Herb Jones Jr. in a way. I mean, look, Herb Jones had his 1,000th career point last night. He's not a guy, especially given the superstars and the the three-point shooters like CJ and, and B.I.'s mid-range game and Zion's penetration and forcing forcing fouls game that he, you know, so excels at, as we've seen in his big games this season. But but Herb and Dyson are, are so crucial for our, our defensive efforts. I mean, you've seen him make plays at the end of games that have literally won us uh, tight ball games at home, you know, in crucial moments. So I, I've been really impressed with him. Um, yeah, he's missed some games due to injury. Yes, he's made some rookie mistakes and some turnovers, but that's expected. And um, I think the biggest, you know, excitement around Dyson, but also could be a concern is, is he going to be the guy that is called upon um with injuries or in the second quarter when guys need rest, or is it going to be Jose? Because I just think Jose is so electric um, and his ability to do it all really besides, I guess, dunk and (laughs) play a, play a big man role. I mean, besides that, he can handle the point. He can shoot the three, he can penetrate and he can pass really well. Um, So him, him, Herb and Dyson are all great defenders who we're going to need down the stretch. But no, I I, uh, I would say that I've been impressed with with Dyson Daniels and and what he brings to the table off the bench. Jack Collada of WGNO joining us. Jack, one more for you tomorrow night. The Pelicans will host the Brooklyn Nets inside the Smoothie King Center, who just had their twelve game winning streak snapped uh, last night. What are your thoughts on this matchup, and where can the Pelicans maybe exploit Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Look, I. Uh... I'd like to see. I'm actually trying to find the the betting odds on that because I I assume that the Nets are are favored, uh, especially with Zion out. Um, look, I I think it might be four, um, but we'll we'll have to see tomorrow. The the more important thing is, you know, CJ is going to have to shine uh, for us to beat a team without Zion and Bi, especially a team that's red hot like the Nets and figuring things out with their new coach and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving looking like some of the best players in the NBA right now. So um, you look at what we were able to do against Joel Embiid, you know, if you want to make the superstar comparison to him and, and KD, um, Joel Embiid dropped 37 on us at home and, and we still won the game pretty handily. Then he dropped 42 on us uh, on January 2nd, and, and they won pretty handily. So it's not going to be a matter of stopping KD from scoring 35. It's going to be a matter of, I think, tiring him down defensively and um, not allowing him to get off to, a, to an early start. So I think defense and then CJ just being able to, to make everything he looks at is going to be the key. Um, and again, the efficiency of, of Willie Hernan Gomez 
with Zion and B.I. out, you're going to have to give J.V. a rest uh, in a game of, of that caliber, like the Pelicans and the Nets on, on Friday night, tomorrow night. Um, so Hernan Gomez coming in last night, 16 minutes, 14 points, and seven rebounds. I think, you know, that backup big man and then C.J. McCollum making everything he looks at along with just defensively tiring down KD so that he needs a little bit more rest is going to be the key to to staying in the game, much less winning it. Jack Collada of WGNO joining us here on the Game Hotline. Jack, appreciate you as always. Enjoy the Smoothie King Center tomorrow night, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. All right. Y'all be good. Happy New Year. And there he goes, Jack Collada of WGNO in New Orleans. We'll take a timeout. Wrap up hour number one right after this here on The Game at Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time 453 right now. I do want to remind you, though, about FanDuel, because one of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday Saints-Panthers game. Take like an Alvin Kamara anytime touchdown, the under on total points scored, and then the Saints' money line. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. It's easy to register, easy to deposit, and simple to find your bet. And then when you win... FanDuel will pay you your winnings fast. There's no feeling like nailing a same-game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today with promo code KLWB for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply to terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. We talked about it a little at the beginning of the show. Let's actually do it, Matt. You want to do some trivia even though it is a day late? Y'all. Yeah. All right, I got four categories for you. Okay. One of them is NFL related. Okay. It's almost like Jeopardy. One of them is NBA. One of them is college football. And the other one is a random one. I'll take random for a thousand, James. All right. Oh, where is it? What is the only sport to be played on the moon? Golf. Yeah, you got it. A round of golf. All right. Which one do you want to go with next? NBA. NBA. Oh, I thought we were going different. All right. What team has had the most Hall of Fame players on their roster? The Lakers. No. It's the Celtics. I, I, it was one of them. It was one of the two. Do you know how many? No. 25. Cool. All right. You got two more. Spit one at me. I don't care. Uh, let's go with your favorite since you love college football. In what year did college juniors become eligible for the NFL draft? Oh, God. Uh, I feel like it was fairly recent. You could say that. Was it somewhere in the 90s? I need a specific answer. 95. 
1990. Okay, so I wasn't too far yeah, off. Yeah, you were you were only five years old. And ooh, which one? Ah, yes. Who is the oldest player in NFL history? Morton and An- how old were they? Morton Anderson. When they played. Morton Anderson was 57. What? No. No? <laughs> no. Why why did I get where did I get to? I 57 don't know where from? you got that from. Is I it have, Morton Anderson though? It is not Morton Anderson. It is George Blanda. Who played from 49 to 75 and was the oldest in NFL history at 48. Morton Anderson was what, 47? I can I can double check, but based on this website, I'm seeing it was it was George Blanda. Interesting. I don't know where I got 57 from, but he was he was in his mid to late 40s. 48, though, in the NFL. That's impressive. Is Tom Brady going to break that? It was 47, not 57. Okay, so I, I, I had the 7. You right. were close. I had the 7, right? But you are off by and 10 both, years. <laughs> and both of them were kickers. That's so funny. Kick, kickers can play until they're 50 if they wanted to. Uh, Adam Vinatieri got pretty close to, to that 48 mark a couple years ago. Hour number one in the books. Maybe I need to brush up on my sports trivia. I don't know. I yeah. Can... Do you want to go a second round at the end of the show? How, how did I? How did I get the round of golf on the moon right? But, but the nothing other three, else. I was wrong. Whatever. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. Kick it off with Scott Watkins, and then at five thirty, Jim Gazzola, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of Crunch Time here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. In hour number one, we talked Pelicans, we talked DeMar Hamlin, and so much more. Here in hour number two, we're going to talk the McNeese Cowboys as they honor Joe Dumars tonight with renaming the court inside the Legacy Center as the Joe Dumars Court with Jim Gazzolo at 5.30. But before we do that, let's talk Louisiana Raging Cajuns now uh, as the women traveled to Hattiesburg, Mississippi to take on the Golden Eagles tonight and the men will host Southern Miss inside the Cajun Dome tonight as well. Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald joins us. He covers the Golden Eagles for the Sun-Herald. Scott, thanks for taking the time, man, this afternoon. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you guys for having me again. You know, look, looking at the – we'll start with the men, you know, 13-2 and two on the season, a 2-0 and start in Sunbelt Conference play in their first season in the Sunbelt. You know, you, you look at this road so far for Southern Miss, it has been a very impressive start to the year for Jay Ladner and his and his squad. Yeah, it really has. It's been a remarkable turnaround. Uh, the They haven't won double-digit games uh, yet under Jay Ladner until this year, of course. Uh, three years, single-digit wins. It kind of seemed like this might be the last year of uh, Ladner's tenure, and they, have, they, they routed off eight straight to start the season. Uh, lost to just a UNLV, a good UNLV team, a team that they, they almost beat on the road. 
And then, of course, the hot start in conference play. And uh, it's, it's been a sight to behold, that's for sure. It's, it's been a complete and total turnaround on both sides of the ball. You got big wins on the road against Vanderbilt and Liberty. And then, you know, your, your third road game, you went up to Natchitoches to play Northwestern State, fell 84-82. to And everybody kind of hit the panic button a little bit after that loss because – you know, you were like, okay, well, you know, they ripped off all these wins, but then they lost to Northwestern. Is it maybe a fluke? But then winning back-to-back against Lamar and then McNeese and then competing against a really good UNLV team, like you said, uh, I, I would venture to say that it, the start to the season wasn't a fluke. No, it, this was definitely something that I think even Southern Miss fans were kind of sitting back and waiting on and, and and seeing if this is for real or not, but I I do point at those those wins over Vanderbilt and Liberty, and uh, even Winthrop is not a not a bad program as really really eye opening wins. I, those were games that probably should have told us much earlier on that maybe this isn't a fluke because all three of those wins came away from home, and then uh, you know, it's it's college basketball you lose sometimes. Northwestern State kind of felt like that. Uh, UNLV they played close despite one of their top scorers scoring one point the entire game uh this doesn't feel like a fluke anymore southern miss feels like it's going to be a contender for the uh sunbelt crown by the end of march now you know looking at the leaders of this group austin crowley the old miss transfer 17 points a game shooting third shooting 48 percent from the field 49 percent and 34 percent from deep and then felipe haas is another guy 15 points a game shooting almost 50 percent from beyond the arc. And just talk about the, the leaders that have really stepped up for the, the Golden Eagles this season to put them in the position they're in. Well, the uh, the driving force behind this turnaround has been what they have infused into the program for sure. Uh, a brand-new assistant coach that kind of lit a fire under the defense, which is something that was a major issue for the team last year. Then, of course, the transfers. You already talked about them. Crowley from Ole Miss. Hase started his career in South Carolina. All these guys came in and they clicked in conversations with the players, with the coaches, with, with people around the program. It just clicked as soon as this team came together. At, and as, as you know and as everybody knows, college basketball is so different now. You've got almost a different roster every year. This one just happened to mesh from the start, and that's played such such a huge role in this turnaround. And Crowley and Hase are kind of – they're definitely they're definitely at the front of that, especially – Crowley, they're, they're such a good one-two combo from inside and out. But Hase, as you mentioned, is one of the better three-point shooting bigs, I think, in the entire country. I mean, he's got, he's got a top 15 three-point shooting percentage for you know being a power forward. And that's just, those two have been so crucial for this team. For Cajun fans that might be listening on their way to the Cajun Dome for this matchup tonight, if you had to pinpoint one thing that the Golden Eagles do really well, what would you say is their strength? That is a tough one because they have gotten very good at a lot of different things. I think the biggest part of this turnaround, though, is that they have improved their ability to defend the three-point shot to the point where they were one of the worst in the country a year ago at that, and they are now one of the best. And the three-point shot is so, so important to the college game nowadays. And uh, Louisiana, I, I think, shoots the ball pretty well from three. They do. They do. So this that's going to be the factor. I think that's going to be what this game comes down to, who's going to shoot the ball better from beyond the arc. 
And, and then, you know, on the other side of that, where do you think the Golden Eagles maybe need the most work 15 games into the season? Uh, I'll stay in the same place, Matt. Uh, Three-point shooting. They they have figured out how to defend it very well. They still don't shoot it very well. And they, outside of Felipe Hase, and they don't take a lot of threes. They are a almost an archaic basketball team, if you would say. They don't shoot a lot of three-point shots. They get a lot of their scoring from inside the arc. They don't even – well, they do. They do get to the free throw line quite a bit. Uh, but that's, that's their game. Uh, I've seen them in person a couple times, and that's what they do. They've gotten a lot better at moving the ball around the floor and creating open looks around the rim. Uh, this can be counteracted. I thought Troy did a pretty good job of, of counteracting it for a while until finally a couple threes went down for Southern Miss there late in the game. Uh, but they've got to be able to hit three-point shots if they want to win comfortably. Otherwise, I think Southern Miss will have the edge in most games, but will be in a dogfight. And then on the other side, as we chat with Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, for the women's side, the Southern Miss will host the Raging Cajuns tonight inside Reed Green Coliseum at 6 o'clock. Golden Eagles 9-4 and four on the year. Winners of their last four, including wins over Troy and South Alabama, two of the top teams in the Sun Belt over the last couple of years. Uh, what's your mindset on, on that matchup? Yes, yeah, so the Southern Miss has come into the league and they have made it very clear that you know they're not content with uh, seeing, uh, seeing the sights, I guess. They immediately came in and first conference game, they beat the reigning champions in Troy and then they obliterate South Alabama. And now you've got a great opportunity against their program that's traditionally strong within the Sun Belt. Uh, with Louisiana. So this is also a pretty good team. This is a team that uh, traditionally I think fans in in Hattiesburg are more keen to see over the last few years. So both teams are now drawing quite a few fans. Uh, Dominique Davis is one of the best basketball players in the Sun Belt, if not the best. She's averaging 20 a game, and she's kind of carrying that team a little bit. They, I want to say surprising because they were they were solid before they were decent last year, but to come into a league that already had established programs like Troy and uh, like Louisiana, and to come in here and win that game against Troy and then show a force against South, it means a lot. And so this is going to be a big game for I think both of these programs. You know, you talked about Dominique Davis, the LSU transfer, averaging close to to twenty a game. She's really been the catalyst for this Golden Eagles team. Just kind of talk about how important it's been for Southern Miss's staff to, to bring her to Hattiesburg. Oh, well, extremely important because she, she plays a lot more than anybody else. She plays 35 minutes a game. Uh, the next closest is 27. They, they rely on her for, for everything. Uh, she's, she's doubling up on the second closest person as far as uh, attempting three-point shots, though Davis has had a tough time getting those to fall down. Uh, she... She's got 88 free throw attempts. The next closest is a 22. I mean, everything that Southern Miss does offensively runs through Dominique Davis. Scott Watkins of the Biloxi Sun Herald joining us here on the game hotline. Scott, really appreciate you taking the time, man, and uh, your insight into Southern Miss. And whenever baseball season gets ramped up here in a few weeks, we'll uh, we'll have you on again to preview the Southern the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Absolutely, man. Really appreciate it. And there he goes, Scott Watkins of the Biloxi Sun Herald. 512 here on your Thursday. The game hotline once again is 337-706-0111 if you want to get in on the game hotline. Let's update the poll question of the day. Do tomatoes belong in gumbo? 
got a couple more comments on the Facebook poll question. Keith says, no, 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 no. And then Martin says, pretty sure Five Names puts not only tomatoes in her gumbo, but cheese too, since she puts it on her red beans. Yeah, yeah. Cheese on red beans? Come on, Five Names. What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, I like cheese. I put cheese on a lot of things. I, I put cheese on some things that might be a tad questionable. But red beans? That's wild to me. James, I have a feeling what this conversation is going to be about. Let's go to the game hotline. Jacob, what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, sir. There's basketball tonight. How are you? Heck yeah. I'll see you there later tonight, man. Great, great interview with the, uh, I forget his name already, the guy from Southern Miss. Scott Watkins. Props to you and to him. Um, I'm looking forward to it. The Sun Belt is an interesting conference for sure. I saw some interesting tweet the other day about the teams that were picked top three to finish in the preseason are sitting at the bottom three right now. Correct. So um, I'm looking forward to this one. You know, we, we played Jay Ladner coach teams in the past. You know, he used to be at Southeastern. We played Southern Miss last year, but I think it should be a pretty interesting matchup, especially with um, hopefully I don't know what the report is, but is Michael Thomas going to be back for this game? Uh, I have not heard um, when we when we talked to to Coach Marlin earlier this week. He was in concussion protocol, and as as of that day, he was out. Yeah, I feel like that that was a big part we were missing in the past two games was um, supplemental guard play, right? Guys, guys coming off the bench, uh, helping put in minutes. I just felt like folks was doing so much and sort of got gassed towards the end. No excuse there. I think those are two games we, we should have taken. But as we know, like, the Sun Belt's all about when you pick up momentum. Last year, Georgia State wins our conference tournament, and they started off the season 0-4 in conference play. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to the game. I think it should be a fun one. I'm, I'm happy to see Southern Miss turning it around. They've got a, 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 an historic program, and I know Jay Ladner was part of it as a player. And so it's nice to see him be a part of that rebuild and uh, – not rooting for them tonight, but on, on other days, i like to see him uh, be successful. Yeah, no doubt about it, Jake. Appreciate the call, and I'll see you and, and little Lemonier later tonight. No doubt. See you later, man. Love that guy. Every time he calls in, I always know what it's going to be about. It's Cajun basketball, or it's Kansas, one or the other. The two schools that he attended, that's what Jake's going to talk about every single time. God. Rock Chalk, IE, Go Cajuns, all of the above. Love that guy. Anyways, tonight, once again, the, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns hosting Southern Miss inside the Cajun Dome. Tip-off for that one is set for 7 o'clock. If you've got, you can get Mardi Gras started the right way with a real fun run. Trail presents the Lundy Gras Barathon on Monday, February the 20th. It's four miles through Freetown, just south of the parade route. You can wear a costume and enjoy free drinks throughout the course served at the Adult Hydration Station. A party bus will follow close behind so runners can jump aboard at any time. You can run all, run some, or run none. And the audience will vote for the winner of the costume contest, so bring your loudest and craziest friends. It's the Lundy Graal Barathon. Free drinks, food, and prizes. You can register now at LA Trail. 
Org. We'll take a time out when we return. Hear from McNeese women's head basketball coach Lynn Kennedy, as well as men's head coach John Aiken, before they take the court in Legacy Center tonight to honor the great Joe Dumars. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, I love that beat drop. Welcome back to Crunch Time 520 here on your Thursday. The McNeese Cowgirls currently playing against the Northwestern State Lady Demons. It is 17 to 10 in favor of the Demons. 20 to 10 now with 359 remaining in the first quarter inside Legacy Center where Sharna Ires leads all scorers with 12 for the Demons. Lynn Kennedy met with the media yesterday and he offered his thoughts on the Cowgirls' win over Lamar. I, I think uh, just finishing out the year, I thought, you know, the last three weeks leading up to the Lamar game, I thought we had made some progress both offensively and defensively. And we talked about, you know, cutting back on turnovers and then actually getting better rebounding. You know, Lamar wasn't a good game for us. We didn't play very well. I thought it was probably their best game of the season. You know, they shot the ball extremely well, but we didn't do the things, you know, just reviewing tape with the team this week and evaluating our play. We didn't do the things that we should have and we could have to make that a better game for us. And and um, it's one of those games we have to learn from. It's the first game of the season. They're a good team, but there's no excuses and we need to be better. And then he also offered his thoughts on the game that's currently in progress against the Lady Demons of Northwestern State. Northwestern, they they play hard. Um, they've had a couple injuries like us. Um, they've had some games where they're really, really good, and then some games that they haven't been good. Um, but they are athletic at the guard position. They've got a couple transfers in that can shoot the ball extremely well so that's a little bit of concern for us you know going to this game we've got to be better we did not take away the three against Lamar we've got to be better in our rotations we've got to disrupt the three we've got to be quicker um, and also just be better on the inside presence we gave Lamar too many chances whether they got the rebound or not we gave them too many looks as far as our rebounding and our being aggressive rebounding that allowed them to keep their confidence and keep it at a high level I liked our energy on the defense when we did go full court, but we've got to have that in the half court as well, too. So look for a combination of more intensity offensively and defensively on the half court and the full court. Um, but they are really good at the guard play, and they've been um, dealing with some injuries. But if they get those players back, they're, they're hard to guard. And then on the men's side, John Aiken met with the media in between games tonight, both games being played at the Legacy Center. In between games tonight, they will honor the legendary Joe Dumars by naming the court inside the Legacy Center as Joe Dumars Court. And John Aiken offered his thoughts on what it means to have Joe Dumars be from McNeese. Having a guy like Joe Dumars with his name on the court, with the, um, not a shrine, but whatever the thing to him in the, the hallway, 
when you walk in, you can point to, man, you can become that from here, you know, and um, it says a lot. I think just having his name on the court for years to come, everyone that comes in here will be reminded of what Joe did uh, and the possibilities that can come from a place like McNeese. Um, and so, yeah, it's an unbelievable opportunity for us. I'm extremely humbled. I mean, I'm a just I, I say all the time, I'm just a kid from Maine that grew up loving the 80 Celtics and the biggest rivalry at that point in time was the Bad Boy Pistons. Uh, and so for me to be in a position where I'm the head coach of a program that at one point in time had a guy like Joe Dumars is an incredible blessing. I'm very humbled. Um, I mean, it's, I pinch myself sometimes that I'm in this situation. And so it's going to be an awesome night. Uh, thankful that I get to be on the sidelines to see it. Um, very honored to be a part of it, and it's going to be tremendous for the community, for the university, everybody involved. John Aiken also offered his thoughts on Christian Shoemate and the roles that the multiple roles that he has had to go through this season as a Cowboy. Yeah, he's way more efficient. I mean, from a prospect standpoint, I mean, the, you always want to try to like grow your guys' game and help them as they try to grow and whatever. At the end of the day, I just told him, we're, we're asking you to do things that you're not great at yet. And so we're going to ask you to do things you're great at and the things you're good at, do less of. The things you're not any good at, don't do. Um, so let's just try to do the things you're great at more. And that's being around the rim, rebounding the basketball, running the rim. Uh, we now have, literally, we have a staff. Coach Moynihan, I changed some assignments with our staff, too. And Moynihan is tracking our offensive stuff. Uh, we have a, a just how many times has Christian touched the ball in the post? Like, that's a, I want to know. And when we did against Lamar, we scored seven out of ten possessions. That doesn't mean he scored, but we scored seven out of the ten possessions. He touched it in the paint. Um, obviously, that's pretty efficient. And so we've got to figure out how to continue to do more of that. And then lastly, Coach Aiken spoke about their matchup tonight with a usually pretty good Deacon squad at Northwestern. Yeah, they're good. Uh, obviously, they had one of the best non-conference seasons that a Southland team has had in a while. Um, you know, they had wins at Stephen F., at TCU. Uh, they beat Monroe pretty good. Uh, wins against Central Arc and Bethune. They're a good team. Uh, they've got three guards that transferred to Northwestern with their head coach, played for Corey at Missouri State. I've known Corey, so when I was at Tennessee Martin, Corey was at Austin P. as an assistant. So we've kind of gone back and forth, so I know Corey. Um, his assistant Rodney Hamilton was at Tennessee State when I was there so there's some familiarity with their staff and they've just done a really good job um, it's a unique group in that that three-headed monster is a legit three-headed monster I mean I want to say against Baylor A&M they took like 90% of the shots um, they're gonna get a lot of shots up there's a reason why all three of them came to play for them uh, and so they're gonna get opportunities DeMarcus Sharp is as good a point guard as there is in our conference. Uh, he can get to spots, and he takes tough twos, but he can get to them and he can make them. He had a game winner against Southern Miss in the corner. I think he's been player of the week twice. Um, Jamonte Black's probably as good a shooter as we're going to face. Uh, Isaac Haney can really fill it up, and it's just tough, gritty. We'll take a timeout here, but before we do so, if you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, not to worry. We have the gifts you really want in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. 
$150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cyber's Bayou Casino Resort, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cyber's Bayou Casino Resort, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Any of these gift certificates and excellent prizes can be yours if you sign up to become a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. James, before we take a a timeout, looking at just some more headlines in, in sports, Going back to it, kind of reset a little bit. Texas has fired Chris Beard for domestic abuse charges. You know, obviously this is a, a interesting situation that has developed here because it had come out that his wife, or, or there could have been evidence to where the wife was the primary aggressor. and Where, then, where she had started things. And then didn't even want to press charges. That's interesting. And obviously, the the whole situation just paints the Texas men's basketball program in such in a, a bad in a bad light. light it definitely which does. is probably why they decided to terminate him. But it it just there's a lot of details of this story that we're missing that don't add up. So we're, we're definitely missing certain pieces of the puzzle. Now uh, again. Am I saying that it's right for a man to hit a woman even if he's hit by the woman first? No. No. Not at all. However, that is a key detail in the story in terms of the court of law. Um, So, again, obviously an unfortunate situation for everyone involved. There's only so much that Texas could really do in that scenario, but uh, they will be looking for a new men's basketball coach. Uh, Damar Hamlin, again, very positive update. Uh, he is now communicating with his doctors, moving arms and legs, everything that, that you would need from him at this point in time, nearly 72 hours after he went into cardiac arrest on the field during the Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals. Apparently, T. Higgins, the receiver that Hamlin made the hit on, is having a hard time. Which, I mean, surprise, not, not surprised by. Um, and that was after also talking with DeMar Hamlin's mother. Correct. You know, obviously you have, it, it, it was a clean play, and it, it was a clean hit by, by DeMar Hamlin, and nothing really was out of the ordinary. But, you know, w- with the way things transpired for DeMar, it's not surprising to, to see that, you know, T. Higgins might be struggling with this a little bit, especially if things would have turned out worse for Demar Hamlin. I mean, there is a thing that, such as survivor's guilt, uh, that that T. Higgins could very well be feeling something similar. There's a quote here from Higgins that says, "She was telling me that she's thinking of me, praying for me, telling me that he's okay, and we're we're hoping that uh, T. Higgins would be able to play this Sunday." in the Bengals' regular season finale because there has been some some small rumblings that he may not play uh, because of the, the mental aspect of all of this, which is just as important as the physical side of things. I mean, if you're, if you're not there 100% mentally, 
you know, trying to push through it and play in a game like this could damage you even further. So obviously the, the Bengals will will do what's best for T. Higgins and will will stand by their, their star receiver in whatever way they need to. Uh, but just a, a really good situation for DeMar Hamlin right now as they are even beginning to discuss when he could go home with his family. So a much brighter update than, than what you've seen over the last you know 24 hours or so. We'll take a time out. Jim Gazzolo joins us next. He, he spoke with us earlier today about the two games in Lake Charles tonight and the honoring of Joe Dumars. We'll do that next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time here on your Thursday afternoon, Matt Miguez. And I am joined by Mr. Jim Gazzolo. You've heard his voice here on our airwaves a few times as a guest host. Jim, what's going on, sir? How are you? Doing well. I, I don't know if, uh, don't call me Mr., though. That's, no, that's the title I don't deserve. Oh, that, you absolutely deserve it. And uh, Jim also hosts the McNeese Coaches Show every week here on The Game. Speaking of the Cowboys, doubleheader tonight inside the Legacy Center as the women will take on Northwestern State at or they're actually in progress right now, and then the McNeese Cowboys will take on Northwestern State as well at 7.30 following a presentation where they will name the floor inside the Legacy Center after Joe Dumars. Just kind of talk about that presentation first. You know, Joe Dumars coming back to Lake Charles after a historic NBA career to now have the Legacy Center court bear his name. Yeah, it's a, it's long overdue. Uh, Dumar is obviously the greatest player ever in McNeese history by far. Um, really, kind of, kind of been on the fringes of McNeese for years. They didn't really handle the relationship well. Um, the school kind of took him for granted. This is a big moment for him and a big moment for the school. And to kind of, you know, he said he wants to be a resource for the university if it's done properly. Um, so that's something that it's just one of those many loose ends they're trying to tie up to reconnect with their history plus it's thirsty thursday dollar beer night what more could you want yeah i mean that's that sounds like a (laughs) a a recipe for a good night in southwest louisiana but you know or disaster well yeah (laughs) either side of the spectrum right but you know you you look at the the joe dumars relationship and and it's been kind of rocky and they're they're working on the process of patching it up you know in in your opinion jim with that relationship being patched up what kind of advantages can McNeese have from that relationship? Well, I, I think he, Joe Dumars has always been good with McNeese. The question was, how did they kind of treat him? Um, I think there was a past history where they wanted him to be kind of a cash cow, uh, whereas he swore of them now have said, we just want to use it as a resource for opinions, for thoughts of where we could go, ideas, kind of a brand name that, that helps the university because he is connected to the school forever. His wife went there. She's from Lake Charles. I think they want to use it more as, hey, look, if Joe Dumars can make it from here, you can make it from here and use it as an example of what's good with Big Beast and what could happen. Now, you know, transitioning over to the game, let's talk about the women's game tonight as they're playing Northwestern right now. 
looking at it, you know, four and seven for the Lady Demons. McNeese sitting at three and nine. Both teams on a three-game losing streak. Just kind of talk about this matchup in uh, game number two for both teams in Southland play. Well, both teams are basically the same coming off. Uh, they both had a lot of injuries coming in. McNeese went through a flu bug, um, played a very tough schedule. But really, McNeese has to become more athletic, find a, a scorer. They only have one player in double digits of scoring. She comes off the bench as uh, Paris Mullins. Don't shoot the ball overly well. And really, they turn the ball over at 19 times a game. If they do that, they're going to get beat. When they hang on to the ball, they can score, but they don't have enough firepower to score when they turn the ball over. They're just not going to get enough uh, enough shots at the basket. They need as many possible baskets as they can, so they need a lot of shots up. Northwestern State, kind of the same thing. Doesn't really play anything spectacular. Uh, can shoot the ball, I think, a little better than McNeese, uh, but is also coming off a lot of question marks with injuries. So I don't think we've seen the best of either team this year, so it'll be an interesting game tonight. Loser goes to 0-2 in the conference. That's a tough start. And then, you know, I remember head coach Lynn Kennedy saying last week that, you know, you looked at the first 11 games of the season and, and McNeese had eight different leading scorers in those first 11 games, yeah. which can be a good thing, but can also kind of be a, a curse because there's there's kind of feels like there's a lack of consistency. How do you, how do you kind of turn that page there for McNeese? I, I think somebody's got to step up. One of the problems they've had is when you have eight, it sounds great, eight, we're very balanced. But who's the go-to person when the game's on the line or when you're in trouble? Nobody has really stepped up into that role. Somebody has to be, you know, when, somebody's, when the other team's on a four, six-point run, six run, who steps up and makes the big shot? We haven't seen that. It should be Desiree Hansen, but it hasn't been. Um, so somebody's going to have to fill that role. And until they do, I think they're going to be very consistent on the offensive end. Chatting with Jim Gazzolo here on Crunch Time. And then, you know, look, looking at the men's side, again, similar story, struggling so far in this season. John Aiken, you know, has seen some positives from his team, but again, can't string good games together. How do the men turn the page? Well, they're a little different story because four of their losses were to top 25 teams. Um, those were money games that they had to go out and play to, to fund their program. So it's a little harder to say where they really are. When they have gone small ball like they have of late and with four guards on the court and Christian Shoemate, they've been much more athletic than before. Uh, before, I, I, I like to I call them they were very robotic. And then when they went smaller, they became more fluid as an offense, could hit some jump shots, played better defense because they were quicker and athletic. It'll be interesting tonight to see because they played, McNeese played so well against Lamar. Um, they were up at 30 points one time in the fourth quarter. How they play against Northwestern State, which is also a smaller team, which will shoot, I think they average 26, 27 threes a game, putting them up. Uh, they're going to make nine or ten. How do they defend against that type of a team? Because Lamar could not shoot the three. Northwestern State will definitely shoot the three. They got three guards from Southwest Missouri. Uh, or Missouri State that will shoot the ball at any time. Those three transfers came with the coach. So it's a completely different game. They've got to get out and defend on the perimeter, not inside. The Demons are on a four-game losing streak. They've always been a, a pretty steady program in the Southland. You know, you, you look at McNeese, yeah. though, 
two players that really stand out to me, Jim, Trey English and Christian Shoemate. Talk about these two guys and, and what they've meant to John Aiken's team this year. Well, Shoemate is the ultimate jumper at athlete. Um, they started him, they wanted him to play the four position, try some jump shots, try to expand his game, and that's out the window. If he stays by the rim, he's kind of a garbage man where he'll clean up everything off the rim, he'll get rebounds, he leads the conference in rebounding. That's his game to be athletic inside. He's there now. That's why one of the reasons why they're a better team. Trey English basically is the point guard, but he is a shoot-first point guard. So he is going to run to the rim. He's going to shoot some threes. And when he is going well, and this team is going well, he can cut down the defense, shoot to the rim, and then they have three guys now with this smaller lineup that could kind of spot up and shoot the three. That's really opened up the floor for them, and that's why they were a better offensive team the last two or three games. And then looking ahead a, a little bit, Saturday they will host Texas A&M Commerce in, inside the Legacy Center. You know, what are your what are your thoughts on Commerce and that matchup? It's interesting because Commerce is Commerce's first year in the league, but they're already one and zero. A same thing. McNeese has to hang out of the basketball, has to be able to hit some shots, has to find some rhythm to go. Well, the thing about McNeese is they really found their game when they played uh, Louisiana. In the second half, they really played the smaller lineup and played a faster game. And with the four guards on the floor, they went from about 19, 18, 19 turnovers a game to about 12 now. And that is a big difference because they were throwing the basketball around all over the place. They're a very good rebounding team, but they were big and clumsy. Now they're athletic. I think if they could do that, they could push the floor on a commerce. I think they could do some things well. I really want to see how they play tonight, though, because this is a team that's going to run with them, that can be athletic with them, and I think it'll set the standard for where they're going to go forward. We start to wrap up here. We talked about Christian Shoemate. We talked about Trey English. Maybe who's a player on the Cowboys that you might not hear their name as much, but they've really made an impact on the team this year? Uh, no question to me, it's Jonathan Massey. Uh, probably the best all-around player, a little bit of a slasher, 6'5", 6'5", 6'5"-ish. But he, in this lineup, he has to play down low and has to play big um, because he's now at the four instead of the three spot. So he's playing kind of the power forward spot at a smaller length. The other night he had uh, a career-high eight rebounds. If he can do that, that allows them to play smaller, allows them to keep the guards on the floor because they're not getting killed on the boards. So I think he's kind of the swing man of this basketball team. Jim Gazzolo joining us here on Crunch Time. Jim, appreciate you as always. Enjoy the atmosphere tonight inside the Legacy Center, and uh, we'll talk again soon, my friend. Yeah, we'll enjoy the Thirsty Thursday, that's for sure. And there he goes, Jim Gazzolo of the Lake Charles American Press. He also hosts the McNeese Coaches Show here on 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, do you know you can listen to the game on it? Just ask Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana, and it's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. We'll take a time out to wrap up today's show right after this here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and world champion Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. 
Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time for the last time today. Do want to remind you one more time that one of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday's Saints-Panthers game. I'll take an Alvin Kamara anytime touchdown, the under on total points scored, and then the Saints money line. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. It's easy to register, easy to deposit, and simple to find your bet. And when you win, FanDuel will pay your winnings fast. There's no feeling nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. New to FanDuel? Sign up today with promo code KLWB for your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. 5.53 here on your Thursday. James, let's flip the script. Earlier in the first hour, you asked me trivia questions. Now I'm going to turn it on to you. Oh, no. Oh, no. You better be scared. Okay. All right. So I've got a NBA question, Uh a college football question, two NFL questions, Uh uh-huh. And an MLB question. Okay, let's just get the MLB out the way. <laughs> okay, which pitcher holds oh, the record pitcher. for the most complete games in an MLB career? Oh. I'll give you a hint. I was going to say, I don't know very many pitchers. The Pitcher of the Year Award is named Cy after Young. him. Thank you. Look, even, look at me being nice. I gave you a hint. You didn't need the hint for the, for the golf one. No. <laughs> No, you just threw, did you did you just throw no, a dart? I, I've, you, I've I've seen pictures oh, of you the astronauts playing golf oh, on the moon. Man. Um, I thought that one was good. Which of the follow which NFL coach has the best playoff record? Ooh, um, I want to wait. You're doing NFL, mm-hmm. NFL best playoff record for a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide between Don Shula and Bill Belichick. I'm just. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Don Shula. And you were wrong. It, it is Bill. It Belichick. is Bill. Ah, oh, and that was my first instinct. It is. Bill I should have gone with it. All right, so you're over two. You're over two. Wait, I got the Cy Young. Because I gave you a hint. Oh, so you're gonna take it away from me? Well, then what was the point? <laughs> what was the point of giving me the hint? If you're like, hey, you okay. know, we're not gonna count anyway. One, one for two. Okay, fine. What was the point? Who was the first rookie quarterback to throw more than 3,500 passing yards and fewer than five interceptions in the same season? First rookie quarterback? Correct. Justin Herbert. Dak Prescott. Oh, Dak attack. People people say Dak's bad, and I just don't don't understand (laughs) it. I don't get it. (laughs) I don't. I don't. I don't get it. All right, NBA one for you. All right. Michael Jordan once wore the number 12 against the Orlando Magic. Why? Why? 
Why did he wear a different jersey number against Orlando? I forgot the exact reason. I know he had – wasn't it because of his older brother? No. Because I, I remember he wore 45 to – For his – Or baby. no, yeah, or his – his older brother wore 45, so he cut it in half to be 23. Correct. But why did he wear 12? For uh, one game only. Why did jer- he wear 12? Because his jersey got stolen. Correct. Yes. His jersey got stolen. Uh, somebody broke into the locker room before the game and, and stole his jersey. And so they the equipment managers gave him the, the one jersey that was still available with them, and it was the number 12. So two, two, two out of four. <laughs> Better than me. Uh, And lastly, who is the only college football player in history to win the Heisman Trophy twice? Ooh, twice? He's the only player to ever win the Heisman twice. He played at Ohio State. I'm struggling. I'm... I'm thinking of Ohio State players that I know did not win the Heisman. Uh, I'm struggling. Uh, I don't know. I, Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that one. Archie Griffin. I want to thank our guests, Jack Collada, Scott Watkins, and Jim Gazzolo for joining us. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them. LSU women's hoops on our airwaves tonight. Pre-game at 730. Tip-off is at 8 right here on The Game. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, and we will see you tomorrow for a Friday fun show right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.